Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? This is episode 13 of the Canadians Connection Podcast. We're happy to be back with you here. It's December 15th, 2018 edition of the Canadians Connection Podcast. And without any further ado, let me welcome my co-host, the Zach Okoivu, to my Michael Ryder, Mr. Rick Stevens. Do you remember when uh, Michael Ryder made made uh, paper airplanes in the, he was eating popcorn and making paper airplanes in the press box and, and got so much I thought it was funny but but uh, apparently no one else was very amused with that um, <laughs> glad to be here uh, and and always always love your your uh, analogies there so um, I, yeah in trying to come up with one for today's episode I realized that I only used Zach Okoibu a couple of weeks ago but I felt that it was probably uh, appropriate to to incorporate my fellow Newfoundlander, uh, Michael Ryder, in in one of these analogies that I do. And and you know he scored 30 goals in the 0506 season, and and the lion's share of those came because of the play of Zaku Koivu, who uh, I've now compared you to on two separate occasions. So you're welcome. <laughs> uh, well, you so, know, uh, and and did you know that I was Zaku Koivu's neighbor? I'll, I'll really? uh, on on the air one one. Uh... One episode, I'll tell my one of my favorite stories, uh, off ice stories of uh, bumping into, literally bumping into, or actually he bumped into me, uh, Saka Koivu in a grocery store. Um, oh. and I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll tell that story in a couple of weeks. Oh, there you go. Well, th- yeah, that 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 had to be something of a that that had to be a pretty interesting. Um, brush with so, greatness. We'll do we'll do a brush yeah. with greatness segment. How about that? We'll have to do that. I don't know if I'd have anything to contribute to it, but I'd love to hear your stories. <laughs> uh, but I mean, well, I you did attend uh, the draft, and and uh, I did uh, in Dallas, and Craig Ludwig was there, and um, yeah. a few others. So you know, and yeah, and and Guy Lapointe, and and a lot of different people. It was that was a very sure. interesting experience. Um, so I guess we should mention uh, later on this show, we are going to be, uh, we want to hear what you have to say about the Montreal Canadiens, the Have Your Say. Uh, segment. So, Rick, do you want to tell everyone where you can can reach if you'd like to call in, you like to text or, or anything like that? Sure. Um, uh, first and foremost, you can reach us always we, uh, on on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, um, there's the Habs, uh, the Canadians Connection uh, accounts, and and you can find them by looking for Habs Connection on Twitter. Uh, also on Facebook, um, you can. Uh, uh, reach out to me as uh, all Habs. Reach out to Joe. Um, but we also have have um, a couple of other ways of of reaching us. Um, and we have our. I'm uh, sorry. I'm I'm looking for our show. The the number to the show is two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four. You can be live on the air with us. Uh, and we'll save that for the third segment. Uh, anytime, 
anytime, you can text us uh, at 5853-ROCKET. We have a special number, being that we're Rocket Sports, uh, a Rocket Sports radio podcast. We have a 5853-ROCKET number, and you're welcome to text us. And people have been doing that um, uh, this week, so add your text to theirs. Yeah, so we would love to have you get anyone on that would like to talk and, and share their opinion of what's been going on with the Montreal Canadiens. And with that said, I, I suppose it's about that time that we dive into the winners and losers of the week. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. So this week, I think it's going to be a little bit like last week in that we really only have the one winner. But Rick, I know that you do have a uh, a bit of a uh, what, a committee of winners that were that were solid players from Montreal this week, but. Because yeah, there could some, only really some honorable be mentions in addition. Yeah. yeah. So you can go if you would like to uh, get us started with those, and then we'll dive into the winner of the week. Sure. Um, yeah, because really, I think um, when we looked at it, there was only one reason the Canadians won anything at all this week. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the winner that's that's coming up. But uh, I think just as far as honorable mentions, I wanted to um, um, particularly acknowledge. Um, Noah Julson, um, Noah Julson, returning from in injury, had a, a, a facial fracture, fractured cheekbone, uh, where he missed nine games, three weeks um, out of the lineup, uh, and that happened uh, while he was hit twice in the in the face with a puck, uh, the November nineteenth game against the Washington Capitals. Um, so uh, he's been recovering, and uh, he's still, um, if you saw his face, he's still got a bloodshot eye, uh, even after yeah. the th- three weeks. Um, so he returned to the game with a cage, and he said the last time he uh, wore a, a cage was in midget hockey. Uh, so it's a little uncomfortable, but um, he dispelled the, the myth that was out there that you can't play well while you're carrying a while you're wearing a cage and and that of course was <laughs> the excuse that some were making for a, a Nicholas Delorier who was has been dreadful cage on cage off um but um I thought Julson um uh played pretty well um even with the cage and uh for Canadians defense that's been struggling struggling mightily um he he came in and and uh, even in the in the uh, debacle against the Minnesota Wild, he was uh, plus minus he was even. Uh, yeah. Sixteen minutes there, uh, fourteen and a half minutes against the Canes, um, so averaging about fifteen minutes a game, and it has looked pretty good. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with that, and and you know, like I had him as a, as a winner of the week early on this season, and it's good to see that he hasn't really lost a step despite his, his injury that was just really just a, it was a very scary moment in that game where you know twice within in the first period that it, like it's rare that that would even happen once let alone happen happen twice to the same player and it's good that he's been able to get back playing at the level that he has been and he's really solidified I mean that right side of the defense for as many problems as the Montreal blue line has had I would have a hard time blaming any of the right shot defensemen for that. It seems like, and we're going to get into this with our losers of the week, that most of the problems are coming from the left side. And, uh, you know, obviously there are exceptions. I mean, Jeff Petrie wasn't, he had some issues in the game against Minnesota Wild, but overall a pretty good week. And Noah Juleson 
it just has brought this really steadying force to the Montreal Canadiens to have him and Shea Weber back. And, you know, we've, we've seen Juleson move around a couple of different places. So there's obviously some trust there. Uh, that's that's right. Moving around, um, moving from that that right side to the left, yeah. playing his offside with Shea Weber as uh, as uh, Claude Julien was looking for uh, some some help, and and uh, yeah. right at the end of the last game, it was it was uh, Noah Juleson stepping into a pairing role briefly um, uh, alongside Shea Weber. Um, the second honorable mention this week is going to go to Andrew Shaw and, and Andrew Shaw, uh, has been in the wrong side of our, our, uh, winners and losers, uh, in the past and, and, and with, with, uh, quite justified, um, good reason there. Cause yeah. he started the season with, uh, just two points in 11 games. Um, and since then, um, he has, uh, 17 points in 17 games. So uh, his his total is uh, nine goals, 19 points in in 28 games, and you know he uh, his career high back in 2013-14 with uh, the Blackhawks was 39 points. So there is a uh, you know I, I don't know that he's going to be able to keep this point of game pace going, but um, there is a chance that he's uh, going to be able to have a career high season in in points. Uh, and of course, uh, on Thursday night, um, it was Andrew Shaw that scored the uh, game winner against the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, and, and, go ahead. And he had a great, uh, you know, after his slow start. Once they got him put into that position with Max Domi, with Jonathan Drouin, you, you started to see that he can play with skill. There's certainly, I mean, there's evidence to support that. And you mentioned when he was on the Chicago Blackhawks, he can play with skill. And, I, yeah, to your point, I don't know if it lasts, but, you know, as long as Domi and Drouin are producing offensively, I, I think that he's a guy that can still hang with those guys and just kind of clean up any mess left in front of the net. But we have seen Paul Byron in that spot, too. So it, I don't That's know right. if, you know, so like this week, yeah, and, and, and generally since he's been put with those two, he's been a really good player. And my th- third honorable mention will go to um, uh, the unfairly maligned, I would say, uh, Arturi mm-hmm. Lekkonen. Arturi Lekkonen, um, in my estimation, the hardest working player, game in, game out on the team. He adds so much uh, that doesn't, he doesn't get recognition for. He, does, he plays the game right, as, as uh, uh, Michelle Therrien um, used, to, used to say, <laughs> like to say. Um, but, um, I, I think his, he's, uh, on a bit of a, a, a gold streak and, um, his, his, his point production is often, uh, the malign part of his game. And, uh, but he does have, uh, four goals in his last seven games. Um, it's kind of gone overlooked, I think. Um, but, uh, the, the goal that he scored, um, mm-hmm. Uh, was uh, where he went airborne, uh, scoring his sixth of the season the other night. Um, was it prompted uh, Mark Anton Guendan to uh, post Bobby Orr's <laughs> uh, famous goal celebration where he's flying through the air, the famous goal he scored against St. Louis Blues, and, and uh, comparing the two 
which okay, that's that was a little over the top, but but it was it was that it was that nice where he drove to the net yeah. and uh, and then went into the air uh, after the goal. So uh, for for his for his uh, goal production, uh, we're going to add Arturi Lekkinen to our uh, honorable mentions this week. It's, and it's nice to see that because for a guy that works as hard as Arturi Lekkinen to be rewarded with and to have his work rewarded with that type of a goal, with that kind of a highlight reel goal where, uh, you know, and, and we'd seen a, a goal, you know, uh, Andrei Svechnikov scored a beauty the just earlier in that game. And then Arturi Lekkinen saying anything you can do, I can do just a little bit better. And, uh, yeah. and that was a really nice goal. And I think that that was a nice way to uh, silence some of those critics that have been uh, on Arturi Lekkinen for his lack of production. So um, with that said, those would be the three guys of the, the committee of honorable mentions for this week. The winner of the week, it, it could be no other. It had to be Carey Price this week because, and, and we're going to talk about the way that he played and, and everything like that. I mean, you go, you look at Chicago, that game, that was just a wonderful performance against Carolina, another just ridiculous performance. The numbers don't show it. If you watch the game, you know that he he kept Montreal in that game. The way that they were handling the puck in their own zone, he was the reason why they were even able to come back and, and win that game and eventually hang on to win that game. Uh, so what did you see from Carey Price this week? Well, um, I think that uh, in that game against the Blackhawks, um, and, and uh, you know, Carey Price has... has has certainly got his um, uh, more than his fair share of haters, and 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 mm-hmm. and there's there's Brendan Kelly, uh, uh, there's there's Mr. Buffoon himself, Tony Marinero. They they, they just say the most ridiculous thing about about Carey Price, um, but and and lead a, a certain segment of fans that uh, that that uh, just don't like him. And ha- haven't for years, but I, even those people were saying good things about Carey Price's uh, uh, one-man effort against the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, and uh, that that uh, you know, saying stealing that he he stole the game, that that uh, he put the the Canadians on on his shoulders and and carried them to victory against Chicago. But that that wasn't. Um, that wasn't the only uh, game. Um, he, Carey Price won two games by himself this week and uh, out of the three games played. And, and uh, they were the only two starts he had, of course. Antony yeah. Amy started the game against Minnesota. Um, uh, Eric Ingalls uh, the, the, against Carolina, uh, you know, noted that, that Price had allowed four, none being his fault. Um, yeah. But on top of that, had made 20 incredible saves, um, was, was his tweet. And it pushes Price to, um, he has a, a, a four-game winning streak going on now. He's won five of, the, of his past six starts. Um, and, and the game that he didn't play was the game against Minnesota that the Canadians were crushed. And, and Antony Amy didn't um, have a, a very good start uh, there. Um, but it, Carey Price even played a role in that game in that, um, you know, he came into the game 
kind of surprisingly, after after uh, Niemi had given up seven, uh, and many were questioning why would why would uh, Claude Julien um, you know put Price into the game at that point. Um, after leaving him in for seven and, and, and there can only be one explanation and it's happened before where price has insisted on going into the game. And, and my only explanation for what happened the other night was that price, it was price's decision to come in the game to relieve yeah. uh, Niami and, and to, uh, uh, cause he was, you know, uh, had some empathy for his, his goaltending partner. And that's just an example of, of uh, the leadership um, you know, uh, uh, Pekka spoke about uh, Price's leadership the other night. Julian spoke about Price's leadership the other night uh, in in um, handing the Game of Thrones cape to uh, to Pekka. That uh, you know, for kind of a, a a nice effort, not not the effort of the game, but but you know, to to make sure that everybody on the team is receiving some sort of recognition through the year. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Price's leadership came through uh, there, so uh, as well as the Niemi situation. So for for all those reasons, I think Carey Price uh, had a, an incredible week. But there's more. Yeah, and yes. So I you know I could be here talking about his remarkable save on on Brock McGinn, where he uh, he flashed the cowhide crab, as our friend Brian Rogers would say, <laughs> and. You know, I could talk about all of those things that you just talked about. And, and the leadership, that was another thing. And, and the way that he, you know, as you mentioned, probably insisted to go into that game in Minnesota when he probably shouldn't because the team is down 7-1. to one, But he, de- he did it anyways because that's the kind of character he is. And then on top of that, just a few nights before in Chicago, after multiple attempts to get a puck to a child in the audience, to a, to a young boy in the, in the audience, who was a huge Carey Price fan after he wasn't able to get it to him. Is that Zach Akoyva at your door? Yes, he's, he's here now. Um, <laughs> he's coming for some eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> after multiple attempts where he's trying to get it and they just couldn't get it through that netting, it was too thin. After the game, he spoke. He was speaking with some of the Chicago Blackhawks people to try and get it sorted out and, and give something to this kid. And, he doesn't give him a hockey puck. He gives him his goalie stick. And, you know, you, you hear a lot about how great players take on that responsibility, that they're not only these remarkable athletes and they're not only these, these great, uh, great players on the ice, but they take the responsibility off the ice, especially with young fans like the one in Chicago. And you can see that Carey Price, you know, you hear a lot about that with Sidney Crosby and players like that, you can see that Carey Price is kind of the goaltender version of that, where he's a great player, yes, but also there's a lot of young goalies around, and this is a, someone that's from Chicago, from Illinois, and, and, you know, this is someone that looks up to Carey Price, and there's plenty, there, there's a, a whole lot of people around, around the world that look up to Carey Price, and he knows that, and, and we saw it just a few years ago, if you remember a game against the, in, uh, the New York Islanders, where there was a fan that wanted to get a selfie with Carey Price in the background, and Carey ducks his head and gets into the selfie, looks right at the camera, and made that person's night. You know, so this is, you know, it, it's much more than just the things that he does on the ice. Like, he had a job to do Sunday, uh, Sunday night against the Chicago Blackhawks, 
but he's always, you know, he's seemingly always looking around and keeping an eye to that sort of thing. And uh, that's something that, that just, it, it speaks volumes about the character. You know, one of the things that play, players are, it's it, well-documented, players are, are rather superstitious and, and particularly around their sticks, where if they yeah. have a stick that's been performing well, they're reluctant to part with it. And we've been noticing um, more and more, um, you know, even in, in the, the three-star, and it's not just the Canadians, but around the league, in the AHL, um, when... when um, players come out and are announced uh, for their three stars. They come out and sometimes hand sticks to the, to um, uh, uh, fans, but they're the, they're a, a cheap uh, wooden stick. Um, yeah. And, but this was Carey Price was insistent on getting, uh, you know, his goal stick uh, to this young fan uh, and uh, made sure that it happened after uh, after uh, you know he had tried to get the puck to him. It, it was it was just a real genuinely um, nice moment of of a of a superstar player acknowledging uh, just, just being a down to earth guy acknowledging uh, yeah. a young fan. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was certainly a, a really nice moment to see unfold. And uh, yeah, it certainly speaks a lot about Carey Price, the person. Um, so I guess we'll move on to the, the losers of the week. And I, and I kind of mentioned before that the left side of the defense is kind of where a lot of the problems are right now for the Montreal Canadiens. And that's going to be evident with both of our losers of the week. So Rick, would you like to get us started or shall I? Well, um, yeah, I'm going to go with that uh, defensive yeah. theme and, and uh, Brett Kulak and um Brett Kulak, uh, as we know, spent uh, a good portion of this season with uh, Laval um, and was one of uh, the better defensemen in, in Laval until they got that whole influx of NHLers uh, uh, on their blue line. But um, Brett Kulak was received a, a call-up, well-deserved. Um, but at the time, we said, you know, Brett Kulak is – is uh there's some he has some some very good qualities um he's mobile um he has a good stick um and uh a very good skater so he's he's able to uh close on 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 most most times most times yeah. on on uh, the forwards uh, the opposition forwards um, but Brett Kulak was placed in a role that, uh, you know, was way over his head uh, uh, yeah. and on the top pair with, with Shea Weber. And um, I mean, it's been uh, an admirable effort. Uh, and, and Shea Weber uh, is, is so good. Um, I know he's got his critics too, but he is yeah. so good that he, he, he throws a pretty wide shadow and, and can make the players next to him uh, look very, very good. And he's done that for the most part with Brett Kulak. Uh, but I think these past two games um, have, have kind of uh, shown some of the, 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 the rough sides of the, the warts have been revealed of, of yeah. Brett Kulak and, and he's had two back to back really tough games, even, even Claude Julian, um, uh, was uh, admitted that that it was a pretty bad game for um, uh, Brett Kulak against Carolina, and uh, it didn't look good against Minnesota either. And 
And, you know, he has, uh, as a good skater, he has a tendency to roam and, and um, get himself caught. He, he, uh, his decision-making isn't always good. Um, he has no physical game. What, despite the six foot two size, um, yeah. and admittedly, so he said, he's not going to put anybody through the boards. Um, uh, he has no physical game to speak of. And, um, you know, he's, he, it, it, it during the game, uh, during the Carolina game, uh, Arpen Basu from the athletic, uh, tweeted, uh, the Breck, Kulak era appears to be coming to an end and and it's it's again not that Brad Kulak is a is a bad defenseman he's he's probably a decent third pairing defenseman but um you know playing 19 19 and a half minutes on average uh is just way too many minutes for Brett Kulak and putting him in a role that he he just has doesn't have the talent uh to to be able to uh to 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 be successful at. And, and again, it's, it's up to the Canadians to put guys in situations uh, where they'll be successful. And, and unfortunately Kulak's been put into a situation that uh, is just way above his head. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a theme for the Montreal Canadiens defenses. They have a lot of really nice guys that would be good third pairing guys in a, in a limited protected role. But evidently I think the clock has kind of struck midnight on Brett Kulak a little bit where he got off to a, a, a solid start, and everyone's like, "Okay, well, look what we what we have here. What what is this?" And now it's kind of come back down to earth. And in the past two games, would be the big uh, would be the uh, evidence of that. But like, I I feel like, and you made this point that he is being put in a position that I I just can't criticize. Really, I can't really criticize him because he's being put in this role. It's not him deciding that he is going to be in this role. There's there's someone that has made this decision, and he's playing above his capabilities. He's playing in a role that he really shouldn't be in. But my loser of the week, uh, David Schlemko, is right about where he should be, given what we know about David Schlemko, given his career, given everything that we've seen from David Schlemko, not necessarily as a Montreal Canadian, but given what we know about David Schlemko, I don't think it's unfair to suggest that he is a, a middle, you know, a, a middle pairing guy or perhaps a little bit better suited on a third pair. But he can't he should be able to be doing better than he has when uh, since his return from injury. And he just hasn't done that. And it, it just goes back to me to this one same question. It was the question that I had when it happened. And it remains a question now. What exactly? did you see from Victor Meta to suggest that what he, you know, he, that he can't do these things that he can't, you know, because we've seen David Schlemko make the mistakes over and over again, and he's not going to take anything from this. He's had a long career. He's been around. He kind of knows who he is. Victor Meta is still kind of figuring that out. And I understand that there's some that would think that the AHL is a better place to find that out. And, you know, Victor Meta obviously not his uh he's he's performed well in, in Laval and and people will point to that but even still having David Schlemko around I just I still really I didn't understand it from the very beginning I know that people thought that he was going to play with Shea Weber I think we're starting to see that that was a little bit uh, off base because he's not performed well at all as a Montreal Canadian when he's been healthy and he's not been healthy too much so it's either he's hurt or he's been 
not great. And that is, that's not ideal for the Montreal Canadiens. And for me, I think that Victor Meta could do everything that Brett, that, uh, that David Schlemko can do. And I think that he can learn from mistakes and actually become a better hockey player than David Schlemko. So to me, this is why I, I just, I, I can't really, and, and look, he had a rough one against the Minnesota wild as did many. He and, and uh, Jeff Petrie were on ice for that first goal against, and Petrie kind of lost his battle. David Schlemko was not really in good position all night. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, yeah, it, it just it doesn't really make sense to me from the very beginning. And I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, he's not good or anything like that, but I just didn't understand why they went out and got David Schlemko. And, and yeah, anyways, but uh, yeah, he's my loser of the week this week. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree. And, um, you know, when you look at uh, one stat after another, uh, whether it's goals against per 60, goals against per 60, David Schlemko is, is one of the worst on the team, along with Matthew Pekka and Jonathan Drouin, Charles Houdon. Um, what, what, what's amazing to me is that uh, after all these games and after evidence of his limited capability he's still averaging 20 and a half minutes a game yeah um that's that's way too much and and um and it yeah it's again goes back to uh the canadians not being very good at at transitioning people players to the to the nhl uh as you say victor meta could certainly um uh, be be in a role like that and and uh, and be learning a lot more. He's not really learning anything in the AHL. Um, no. You know, could Brett learn out be in a in a third pairing role and 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 learning and developing and and um, we're, we've seen we've seen the extent we've seen the ceiling of of what David Schlemko uh, can bring and it's it's uh, it's it's not very pretty. Um, no and. Um, and certainly <laughs> you have to go back and, and question even the one game that, that um, he appeared beside Shea Weber. And, and you, you, you wonder what's in why the, the Canadians uh, seem to overvalue some of these guys uh, so much, you know, and certainly Mark Bergevin uh, when, uh, when brought them in, when he, when he acquired them um, that he seems to have uh a higher opinion than, than, uh, they're, they're certainly capable of. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So I think that's what it would all come down to because we, we've seen a lot of third pairing defensemen just played in this, in the, in a role that's beyond their, their capabilities. And I think that that would play a big role in that, the, the way that the, the GM kind of thinks of them and the way that the coach thinks of them. So it'll be interesting to see how this kind of progresses, because as you mentioned with your loser of the week, it's, it's, it's going to be intriguing to see where we go from here with Shea Weber's partner, because as we've kind of tried, we've exhausted a lot of options with that. And then beyond that, the left side of the defense just hasn't looked good in general, which would be a, you know, which is evident by the, by our two, two uh, choices for the loser of the week. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll kind of move on because I did have another, I had my initial loser of the week. We're going to get into it in just a moment after a quick break and we're going to dive into what's been ailing the Montreal Canadiens as of late. So stick around. We're going to get right into that. 
Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. So we're back. And um, I wanted to start this segment, our, our, our big topic segment, um, by uh, a tweet that I received this week. Uh, we always like to, to interact and feature our, our listeners and our uh, followers. Uh, this tweet from Anthony Glavanich. Glavanich. There we go. Glavanich. Uh, uh, on Twitter is Glavanich Tennis. And he said, um, I guess it's good to note that the Habs have just one more regulation loss than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, nobody's too far away from being competitive. So he's trying to make the, the, the point that, that the Montreal Canadiens um, just just one back of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and uh, one less loss would, would put them um, up near third place uh which is where the where the leafs are um and okay uh i'll I'll play that game Uh, let's play that game um but if you're going to do that if you're going to do that you also have to say okay what would one more if we're looking at one less regulation loss what would one more where would one more regulation loss uh put the canadians and that would be in 20th place behind the new york islanders um so i mean that's uh that's uh that just kind of says that that there are slim margins um yeah. and uh, slim margins to victory in the in the nhl and um 
you know, it, it can be it can be one thing as as it as it was this this week. You know, the Canadians were Canadians didn't have a very tough schedule this week. Uh, they're facing no. uh, three teams in the bottom half of the league um, and they eked out a victory uh, over the, the you know, a team right at the bottom of the standings, the Chicago Blackhawks, 30th place. Uh, just got that goal with a, a minute 17 left from uh, Thomas Tatar. Um, uh, Minnesota 15th in the league, uh, and and they were crushed by the by the Wild. Uh, Carolina 24th in the league, and and uh, you know Carey Price in both the Chicago and and Carolina games, as we said in the first segment, was the difference. Now what what would happen if 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 the Canadian special teams uh, were playing uh, a, a, a bit better than they are? Uh, yeah. And and you had some thoughts about that. When I was looking, when I was preparing for this episode, and I didn't really, you know, the eye test will tell you everything you need to know, but the Montreal Canadiens are currently 30th in power play efficiency at 12.7%. The only team that's worse than them is the Chicago Blackhawks, by the way, which might explain why Montreal was able to hold them to one for eight, might have contributed to the fact that they're dead last now. But regardless, the Montreal Canadiens weren't exactly facing world beaters in the Chicago Blackhawks, okay? Uh, but regardless, the point about the power play, and, and we saw it in a it's just this just absolute brutal showing against the, the, uh, the Minnesota Wild. They allowed a shorthanded goal to take place within 12 seconds of having the power play. Within 12 seconds, they won a face-off clean. Jonathan Drouin skated near the boards, passed to, I don't really even know who he was trying to pass to, quite honest. That indecisiveness leads to Charlie Coyle picking up the puck, going the length of the ice, beating Antti Niemi, with, which, by the way, just poor Antti Niemi that night, my, my goodness. But beating him with this ridiculous backhander, but... If your power play is that ineffective, that within 12 seconds, and I understand when you look at the Minnesota Wild, they are second in the league in penalty kill. They are a a good penalty-killing unit, but that should not happen. That is inexcusable for a team to be able to pick you apart that quickly and take it all the way down the ice and score a goal. To me, this has been an issue the entire season. This is not something that – and it's been overshadowed because we were talking about the team defense and we were talking about the left side, like we were in the first segment of the defense, which has been a bit of an issue, but this has also been there as a problem. And a lot of people are quick to point the finger at Kirk Muller and perhaps that's warranted. But when we talk about personnel, that's the thing that I don't really quite understand with this power play is that it's been ineffective for basically the entire season and they've done little to rectify that in terms of personnel they've done little shifting around we've seen Je- we saw Jeff Petrie join that unit and, and feature him and Shea Weber on the first power play unit which I think is counterproductive because that takes away from the second unit but regardless we saw that the one thing that we've seen though is Jonathan Drouin and Max Domi the the ever-present on that first power play unit. Just constantly, whatever happens, they are on the ice for the power play. And with their production five-on-five, perhaps that's warranted. 
but they have not been good. And I don't know if, if taking them off and replacing them with someone else will do anything at all. But one guy that has been, I, I don't really understand why he's been omitted from that first power play unit, or at least for most of this season has been omitted. I, I don't know. Perhaps he played a little bit more than I'm thinking that he played, but Tomas Tatar, I think would be a guy that would fit in pretty well with that unit as a guy that can break up plays that can, that has a shot that is actually capable of beating NHL goaltenders, you know? So my issue more than anything else with the power play is that with personnel, they've, they've done almost nothing. And it's, it's, you know, like the, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And the Montreal Canadiens have done exactly that. It's kind of interesting because um, uh, you look at, at the Canadians right now holding on uh, to the final wildcard spot um, in the Eastern Conference and uh, um, the former host of, of Habs 360, Chris G., uh, would, would make a, a regular stop at sports club stats um, and um, and he, for, for uh, their playoff, uh, the chances of making the playoffs. And right now the Canadians sit at, according to Sports Club stats, uh, a 26%, 26.6% chance of, of making the playoffs. Now that might seem a little low for, um, you know, for a, a team who is sitting in a playoff spot. Um, but the, you, you kind of understand it when you look in the rearview mirror a bit and see the, the Pittsburgh Penguins looming large. Yeah. And um, the Montreal Canadiens are tied with Pittsburgh right now uh, as far as the uh, in second place behind Tampa Bay for the number of goals scored uh, five on five. Uh, at 80 goals. Um, and in fact, the Canadians are just five back. I mentioned Tampa Canadians, just five back uh, of Tampa um, in terms of five on five production uh, Tampa Bay at 85, as I said, Canadians at 80, but look at the, the number of goals that, that Tampa has scored with the man advantage, 34 goals with the man advantage, the Canadians 14 now, that's a, a, a ridiculous discrepancy. And, and uh, you'd think about, you'd just think about if the, the Canadians had any portion of that uh, added to their total, how many more wins they, they might have, ha- have here. Um, and for, for me, uh, you know, you look at, you mentioned their, their, their power play stats and, and uh, 30th on the, in, in the league. If you, if you do the home and away split, um, there's not much difference at home. They're actually a little bit worse than they are in the road. Uh, 12.3% on the road on the, at home, 13.3 uh, on the, on the road. Uh, but 30th isn't, isn't going to get it done. No. Um, but, but let's, we're talking about special teams in, in this block, and, and um, you have to look at the penalty kill as well. And you, you look at the Canadians' penalty kill, they are 27th in the league at, 20, at 76.2%. Um, so if, if what I said about the man advantage, uh, you know, adding a few goals, what about uh, if they moved up a couple of notches uh, to, a, you know, a, a halfway decent penalty kill team 
if uh, how many fewer goals would they prevent? So special teams is crippling the Canadians right now. Yeah. And that's not, that's not a recipe that's going to get you through the, the tough slogging of, of the second half. And even if you, you uh, stumble your way into the playoffs, it's not special teams are crucial in the playoffs. Yeah. It's not going to take you very far. And I mentioned Pittsburgh uh, because uh, I mean, there's, when you have a, uh, uh, a team with Crosby and Malkin and, and Kessel and, and the other uh, uh, power play uh, performers, uh, they're not going to, they're not going to, they, they've had a rough start, but uh, they're going to make the, the thinking is they're going to make a charge in the second half. And, and, uh, and that's going to put the Canadians uh, um, uh, playoff spot in peril. Um, and just one more point on, on special teams uh, overall. Um I, and and I mean the power play power play is the one and and you mentioned it that that's real real um, uh, it it's glaring um, yeah. you know we saw on Thursday zero uh, for six um, they they've been zero for eighteen their last their last six games um, the they but the as you said as well they got torched the other night uh, the penalty goal got torched with four uh, power play goals against the wild but it, yeah. it's not only a problem with the canadians this is an organizational problem this is yeah. this has got to come right from from the top this is claude julian um you know overall because if you look at at uh the Canadians, you said, 12.7% uh, puts them 30th in the league. You look at the Laval Rocket, 12.5%, 31st in the league. Hmm, what's going on there? And you wonder about the organization, how much they really value uh, a power play. Uh, yeah. Because you had Joel Bouchard and his rather revealing, some said arrogant, but rather revealing comment uh, a week or so ago when he said, you know what? I don't need a successful power play to win games. Well, given that, <laughs> given that, that Lavelle's down at the bottom of the standings, he might want to revisit that statement. Yeah. Um, but we'll go further. And again, we're talking about special teams here. So uh, penalty kill for the Canadians. I mentioned it already. 76.2% 27th in the league. Look at the rocket 78.6% 25th in the league. So this special teams thing is an organizational issue. Yeah. Um, both power play, both uh, the penalty kill. It's something that that as a as a head coach and and the guy who dictates uh, the the uh, strategy, uh, uh, the game approach uh, for both the Rocket and and the Canadians that that Claude Julien has to be responsible for and needs to address. Yeah. And even if you go back and look at Claude Julien with the Boston Bruins, they never had a great power play, even though they were contending for Stanley Cups. Their power play was still something that was a little bit of an impediment for them. So this is not just an isolated thing. This is a Claude Julian thing over many years. That is something that, and you mentioned with Joel Bouchard's comments about the power play as well. It, it does beg the question if Montreal actually, and if the entire organization really views it as something that is uh incredibly important because we're seeing that they have done very little to change where they are in in terms of when you look at the power play standings in the league and, and, and the penalty kill in the league as well. 
they've done very little to change or try to get their fortunes in the op- in the other direction, you know, and that to me is the frustrating part. More than anything else that they're trying tactically, if they were to even show that they were trying to change their luck in any way, I would be on board and I'd say, okay, well, look, they're not just doing the same thing over and over again, but having the same group of players constantly on the ice and, and you know, expecting that something different is going to happen, that's where I'm, I'm a little bit at a loss with this power play. Uh, and, and penalty kill as well. Special teams as a whole has been a, a, a huge issue. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll move on from there, and, and uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with the third segment. We're going to talk about Bad Tweet of the Week. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be right back after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection. We were just talking about the Montreal Canadiens special teams and how that's been a little bit of an issue. Well, they're going to get a chance tonight to, to get that going in the opposite direction when they face the Ottawa Senators again. After facing them twice just last week, they get them again. And uh, it was a rather interesting, two interesting games and uh, not necessarily for uh, the, uh, the, the plays that actually happened, the goals, the saves, what have you. For other reasons, including Max Domi and uh, Zach Smith uh, going back and forth with uh, some some chirping and whatnot, so that'll be an interesting game to see how that all comes to a head tonight in in, in, a, in a battle against a uh, division rival. So that should be a, a very interesting game. 
And uh, so, Rick, we, we were talking a little bit before the show about this is going to be an, a telling time for the Montreal Canadiens going forward. Uh, indeed it is. Um, you know, two uh, division games, as you said, the Ottawa tonight, uh, Boston on, on Monday, um, mm. and the teams are, are neck and neck in the, in the standings. Um, and so that's an important game. But after that, the, the Boston game is uh, the last home game um, of uh, the calendar year. Um, and then the Canadians go on a, a six-game road trip. And I referenced this, um, you know, I had said uh, that there was going to be a, a, a real telling kind of portion of the schedule mid-November. Uh, yeah. And that was the Western Canadian road trip, uh, and which the Canadians, uh, you know, Thanks to Carey Price. Carey Price <laughs> um, uh, won those games out West and, and they did pretty well. Um, but at that time, after we finished that, I, I had kind of uh, foreshadowed and said, watch now uh, the next big uh, test. The next big challenge is going to be that road trip at the end of December. Uh, and it's a, it's a six gamer uh, going to Colorado, Arizona, Vegas, Florida, Tampa Bay, and Dallas. Um, so we're, we're going to be talking about the first two games of that uh, next Saturday on the Canadians connection. And, and, yeah. uh, but this whole stretch is going to be, um, it, it's going to be tough. And um, fortunately the Canadians are going to have a, a few days between Vegas and Florida uh, for some practice time, probably, uh, well, you, plus the Christmas break, of course, but there'll be a couple of yeah. days in there that uh, they'll they'll be able to uh, practice. Um, and I, I should mention one of the things that we'll also be keeping our, our eye on um, is the Christmas roster freeze. Uh, the holiday ro- roster, roster freeze for the NHL goes into effect on December 19th at 11.59 p.m. And it uh, goes right through to the 28th at uh, 12.01 a.m. So, you know, there's been some some uh, rumors out there about about uh, the Canadians having interest in in uh, a number of players, and we'll see if, if any of that activity um, occurs before the roster freeze uh, on the 19th of December. Yeah, and, and that's going to be a very interesting component to this as well. Uh, once, once that all... That all happens, and then also with with you mentioned this road trip that they're going to go on, and and really, I mean, with these next two games, when you talk about the Ottawa Senators and the Boston Bruins, this is going to tell a lot about what Montreal is because the the rest of that, you know, and you know, Florida and 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 Tampa Bay are going to present some challenges as well. The rest of that, without Colorado putting them aside as well, I think it'll be a little. Uh, you know, it'll tell a lot about where Montreal is within their own division to see how they face off against Ottawa, Boston, and Florida and Tampa Bay. Um, and obviously that one line in Colorado that has just been ruining everyone's life. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they cope with uh, not only that line, but the line that you're going to see in a couple nights in Boston, that is also uh, pretty, uh, pretty potent. So it's going to be a tough stretch for the Montreal Canadiens, I guess is the, uh, the point that we're uh, trying to get across here. So, this is all going to be a really interesting and telling time for Montreal to see where it is exactly that they stack up in, uh, in relation to some of these other teams that, that have been performing uh, pretty well. We'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, so I guess that leads us to 
the uh, the bad tweet of the week. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadian's Connection. So this one kind of relates to something that we are talking about a little bit earlier. It does. Um, and we, we talked about Arturi Lekkanen and on, on a bit of a, a goal streak, as, as we noticed. Um, he, he had the, the, uh, the flying across the crease goal this week. Um, but just before he scored that, and I mean just before, uh, there was a tweet from uh, 416J, 416, I guess, uh, another one of our, our Habs fans in Toronto, uh, and 416J uh, tweeted, uh, why can't Lekkanen finish? Why? And with three question marks, which lets you know he's real serious about it. I mean, he's always in the right position to score, and we know from past seasons he can, but man, he's been unlucky. How long until it's just not luck, though? Hmm. <laughs> and and Lekkanen answered back almost immediately with a spectacular goal, highlight reel goal. Uh, and, and, and I guess uh, our friend 416J just, just didn't realize that uh, he's actually had a, a bit of a goal streak going. Yeah. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm going to mention, uh, and, and this doesn't relate to the, to the Montreal Canadiens, uh, but we're talking about Twitter and um, I thought this was kind of fun. Um, as we know, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers are, are, are struggling this season, uh, goaltending mm-hmm. woes and, and whatnot over, over there. And um, no sheer, no tears are being shed <laughs> for, for that. But so much so that they fired their, their general manager, Ron Hexel, kind of a surprising move. And they brought in uh, Chuck Fletcher, uh, formerly of the Minnesota Wild. Um, now, Chuck Fletcher, as far as I know, uh, is not on Twitter. But there is a Chuck Fletcher on Twitter. Um, and just mild-mannered, ordinary guy, Chuck Fletcher, tweeting about ordinary things. Um, yeah. But once Chuck Fletcher, uh, the NHL GM, was hired by Philadelphia, the Philadelphia um, Flyers fans were tweeting him nonstop um, <laughs> about firing Hexel, all kinds of things. And he put out the kind of, of tweets, no, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. No, uh, you know, stop tweeting me, please stop yeah. tweeting me. And finally <laughs> he, he threw that. Uh, yeah. He said, um, I'm not the general manager of the Flyers. So please stop acting me to trade somebody. That was one of his tweets. Yeah. Finally, he got fed up. He got fed up and he got all of this, this, uh, all of these tweets. So he said, I'd like to announce that I'm letting Hackstall go several trades to be announced soon, which, which threw the Flyers, which I thought was hilarious, and it threw the Flyers nation into a tizzy. Uh, but no, he, he's had just having a little fun after having so much aggravation. And uh, yeah. I, I, thought it was, I thought it was one of the funnier tweets of the week. Yep. Fair play to him. He, uh, you know, if, uh, that's always something that I've, that I've been fascinated with, is that, you know, if someone unfortunately does share a name with with someone or, you know, or not, maybe not, unfortunately, but if they share a name with someone that doesn't have a Twitter account, then they get all of their, either the uh, 
admiration or or in this case it was getting uh some some uh i guess it wouldn't be uh any insults but just you know general fans that were not impressed with the way that the flyers were going and uh yeah fair play to him for having some fun with it afterwards even uh even after being a little bit annoyed by it. Uh, and uh, just getting back to uh, Archery Lekkonen as well, just uh, just one uh, small point about that. Uh, the uh, 416J that you mentioned, uh, not long after, I'm assuming, the goal was scored. Never mind, I guess, 4-2 halves. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think he's starting to get on board as well with uh, that. Maybe maybe Archery Lekkonen isn't, uh, isn't uh, a bad hockey player. He's just kind of been... Uh, a little bit unlucky, a little bit unlucky. And it's good to see that his fortunes are turning a little bit with a, a little bit of a goal streak going here now. Looking to continue it tonight, that would be a, that'd be nice against the Ottawa Senators. So I guess that'll be as good a place as any to, uh, to end this episode today. Uh, we would like to thank you for listening. And, uh, and, and certainly uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. You can follow Rick at AllHabs. And uh, this podcast has its own Twitter account, has connections. And uh, you can follow that on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so if, you, if you'd like to uh, subscribe to any uh, to Rocket Sports Radio, you can listen to it on any of your favorite pod- podcast platforms, iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, et cetera. Just search for Rocket Sports Radio. You get this podcast and the From the Press Box podcast that does a wonderful talking about all things AHL with a focus on about rockets so uh rick anything you'd like to say before we uh we sign off yeah just to mention um we have we have uh, four different podcasts and and you mentioned yeah. uh habs habs connection uh you have from the press box and those those two see those two are kind of um you know kind of a from a journalistic perspective an analytical approach we try, try to break things down um if you're looking for uh good news uh, if you're looking for uh, 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 podcasts from a fan perspective uh, and uh, to get you revved up about the games, we have Habs Unfiltered, we have uh, Hab a Listen, and, and those will give you a, kind of a different uh, take or a different uh, approach. Um, yeah. As well, on uh, allhabs.net, we've got tons and tons and tons of content. Uh, from yeah. all different perspectives, and and uh, there'll be a a take five out uh, on Monday from from Chris G uh, about the five big issues that he's been keeping his eye on. Uh, if you're into Habs history, there's a really neat series right now uh, from uh, Kate Racher. She's looking at the uh, uh, Canadians' uh, top goaltenders in terms of wins as as Carey Price moves up the. Uh, uh, the latter in that regard, and and she's had articles out uh, so far about Bunny LaRocque and and George Hainsworth and and uh, uh, Bill Dernan, and she's got one coming out uh, this week about Ken Dryden. You don't you don't want to miss that. So, no. tons of good gaunt content on allhabs.net. Tons of good AHL content on AHL.report, um, and. Uh, lots of podcasts for you to uh, subscribe to and to 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 uh, listen to. Um, Rocket Sports Radio has has. Uh, if you're into hockey, we've got something for every person, uh, and we're we're always pleased to uh, deliver that to you and also interact with all of our followers and all our listeners. Absolutely, we we've got you covered here from multiple different perspectives, as you mentioned, and uh, 
and yes, the uh, the Habs Unfiltered and, and Have a Listen podcast take a little bit of a different approach, and it's it's just it's remarkable, and and it's it's a really good listen. So, yeah, as you mentioned, the uh, from the Press Box podcast, Have a Listen podcast, Habs Unfiltered podcast, all great listens, and just an endless amount of content like uh, like Kate's articles on the uh, Habs goaltenders, the Habs history, Chris's take five. We've got you covered here, as Rick said. So, or rather, uh, stay tuned for all of those. And stay tuned next week because we'll be right with you next week at this time, 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 2.30 Newfoundland time. We'll be talking about all things Montreal Canadiens, teeing up that road trip like Rick was talking about, and just much, much more. So thank you for tuning into Canadians Connection. We'll be right back with you next week. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Connection and visit allhabs.net.